This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Oh, hello. It's your friend Paul Gallant back from Puerto Rico. And this is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Nay, the world on Thursday, April 22nd. 2021 we're a week away from the nfl draft and later this afternoon our beloved seattle mariners trek to fenway park to take on the best in the american league at least tied with the oakland a's for now boston red sox man to come back to the mariners having the second best record in the american league is a delight especially given how overreactionary i've been about this team over the last couple of weeks. I think I was on the verge of the ledge when the White Sox series took place and they couldn't pitch, they weren't really hitting. But then you take two or three from the Astros, you split with the Dodgers, and you lose the second of those two games just one nothing. where Marco Gonzalez is lights out in that game. Your bullpen all of a sudden has looked outstanding. I got to say, I'm at an eight on the Mariners' sunshine scale one to ten ten being the highest one being the oh boy the season is over i am a new york mets fan or i guess this year a new york yankees fan and that's my question for you right now where are you on the mariners sunshine scale it's very overreactive and i think for me at an eight given that i think i was at a two after the white Sox series so there's probably gonna need to be some just recalibration as far as how I respond to the surges and despairs and stretches of bad play that happen over the course of a baseball season, 162 games. Basically, I'm just looking for the team to be competitive and eventually for some of the young players to make some progress over the course of the year. I have heard over the last 24 hours on this station, I was listening to Jake and Stacy while driving around yesterday after I got back, from Puerto Rico, and there was a. they were talking about the hype train. They do a segment, and whether or not they were on the hype train when it comes to what the Mariners have done thus far. And I think everyone's in this weird spot where you're not 100% sure whether to buy in or not. Here's what I can buy into. The starting pitching, when it's Marco Gonzalez, Justice Sheffield, and Yusei Kikuchi, I would say with Gonzalez, what you saw against the Dodgers is more indicative of what he actually is in the first two games of the season, which terrified me, by the way, but that was a... Great step back in the right direction. What we last saw from Justice Sheffield, intriguing. I don't know what to make of Justin Dunn going from a game against the Orioles, who stink, to a game against the Boston Red Sox this afternoon. But, okay, we'll see what happens there. But between Justice Sheffield and Yusei Kikuchi plus Marco Gonzalez, I feel solid about the starting pitching. The bullpen's been out of this world. And Kendall Graveman's specifically been the best guy in that unit. I think it's going to come back to earth. So, starting pitching, I think we'll get better. Bullpen, I think, is probably going to get worse. It has nowhere to go but worse because they've been that good. But I look at this lineup, and this is the biggest key for the rest of the way, whether or not you can buy into the hype train. Do you buy that this team, which is not going to hit for average this year, is going to be able to improve those power numbers? And that, I don't know right now. It's early, so theoretically things could get better as the season goes along, but they also could stay the same. We had Jerry Depoto on this morning for his weekly visit, Danny and Gallant, every single Thursday 
at 8.30 right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. And I asked him about those power numbers, and he explained the Mariners don't exactly judge power from their lineup in a traditional sense. Yeah, you know, the, the positives to me are, again, young team. We're, we're, I think, the second youngest team in the league. And, you know, young team, we are taking our walks at, a, at an average to plus clip. And, you know, the way we view power is a little bit different than maybe the traditional view of power. You know, we look at an ISO number, you know, your isolated slug number, which is roughly just the damage that you do. And I I think you see a number of our players that have excelled in that area. Some of those players would be Mitch Hanniger, who you kind of expect to hit the way that he has hit. Maybe it's a surprise that he has been able to come back after missing so much time with injury and get off to the start that he's gotten off to. Ty France, hopefully this continues. I imagine there will be a lull at some point. And then after that, you take a look at the rest of the lineup, and there are questions. There are definitely questions. I mean, where are you going to get guys that hit for average? You're not. So what guys can get better power-wise over the course of the season? I think Taylor Trammell will, and I think what we've seen from him thus far. Three home runs already where he's just starting to play in the majors. That's a great start, and I think it's a start that's going to get better as the season progresses, and maybe his average doesn't increase to more than 220 or something like that, and it drives me crazy to see all these bad averages on the Mariners, but whatever. I'm, I'm just going to accept that they don't hit for average in this new game of baseball where power numbers are a lot more important, but this is a team that's 16th in home runs, 24th in slugging. It has to get better. And there's a guy that I'm looking at right now, and I am wavering as far as how I feel about him. In fact, I, I don't know how far away I would be if I were Scott Service as far as replacing him in the lineup. And that's Evan White. It's been a rough start. And I know we're supposed to be patient, and you're hearing all these things. I remember Danny was explaining it to me this morning where – what, what was the sell job that he was trying to give me more? I honestly forget off the top of my head. But it was a sell job that I just was not buying into. The power numbers, okay, he's hitting the ball well. Great, but he's he's striking out a lot too. He's striking out decisively, I guess. I mean, is that is that supposed to make me feel better? I'm looking at him and I see Jose Marmaleos, who has been hitting for power in his brief appearances at first base. And I think that's a guy just with that bat that he brings to the table, that is much more valuable than a glove at first base. At least in my opinion. And I would be totally fine with a scarecrow playing first base. You know? As long as the guy can hit. Just have someone stand there. Maybe it's because I grew up watching David Ortiz when he played first base. Goodness gracious. Disaster. But it wasn't first base that he played very often. But that's a guy that I'm looking at right now. The power needs to get better for this team if they're going to have any chance to keep up this awesome start. And I have questions about it. But Jerry DePoto said we stick to the process and we want to see them stick to the process. It's going to lead to better opportunities for them power-wise at the plate. 710-710 on the text line. They did get this start without Kyle Lewis. Definitely important to acknowledge that now with Kyle Lewis back in the lineup, the power should improve. But how much is it going to improve with one guy, you know? It's going to have to be almost top to bottom in the lineup if they're going to keep up this surprising start. It has to be better. Because, I mean, they're just not scoring a lot of runs, and they're not creating a lot of situations where they can get runs either. Text in, White needs a at-bats a full season's worth. Okay, you know, you can be patient, and they have no choice to be because they gave him that contract, but this is 
this is something that is concerning. I mean, as a texter points out, swinging at the right pitches was the argument that Danny made. Well, if you're missing the right pitches, that's concerning. And I suppose it can get better, but I don't know. Maybe it just won't at this level. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington, nay, the world. Accolant says is how you respond to me on Twitter. You can text in 710-710. How you feeling? Where are you at on the Mariners' sunshine scale? 1 through 10. It is 10-12. It's time for What's Trending with Maura Dooley, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. Hey, Maura. Hey, Paul. Welcome back. Thank you very much. It's good to be back. Great to talk with you once again. Hopefully, I'm not bringing bad luck back. From Puerto Rico to, not. yeah, I don't know if there's any anything that I need to be doing to not jinx what the Mariners are doing. I know we're getting bad, relatively bad weather this weekend compared to what we just had yesterday and this past week. So, I don't know. I, I, I've knocked on wood. I'm just trying to figure out how you got back from vacation and you're so impatient already. You're like, the NFL needs to release the schedule yeah. now. Evan White needs to be good now. Yeah. I want it all now. Well, because I'm impatient by nature, and <laughs> I had my fair share of just relaxing, sitting back. Things move very slowly when you're on an island, and there were parts of it that I could embrace while I was there. But now that I'm back, I'm like, yep, back to speeding, back to running from one place to the next. I am back to being a blur of impatience. Okay. That's Sorry, all right. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Well, let's see what you think about this. Uh, Former NFL quarterback Carson Palmer was on ESPN yesterday, and he had a little advice for Russell Wilson. We don't know exactly what's going on between Russ and Pete Carroll and John Schneider and everybody that runs that organization, but the track record and the success is undoubtable. I mean, you you can't argue that. What, What they've built in Seattle is fantastic. Every time I hear something out of Seattle and issues with Russ in Seattle, I keep thinking to myself, Russ, be careful, man. The grass is always greener on the other side, and it might be because there's more manure over there. Be careful <laughs> of wanting out and leaving one of the, the premier organizations in all of sports and going to a mid-tier or a bottom-of-the-bucket organization. Ugh, manure. Anywho, you don't want to step in manure, and I think that would be what Russell Wilson would be doing in 90% of these situations in the NFL that aren't this one if he wants out so bad. And not only am I intrigued by some of the outside opinions on the way that Russ has handled things this offseason, subtly you heard it from Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott's agent a little bit more direct probably because Dallas was on his supposed list of teams that he would want to go to if he wanted to go anywhere. Seeing what Tyler Lockett said and that that was a Russ thing and and just trying to interpret his take on the whole thing where the team, I guess, discussed it. I'm very curious as to how many people are perhaps a little uneasy or looking at Russ with a bit of a side eye right now in that locker room. And it might have been understated as far as how many players at the very least privately are looking at Russ in that way. And you heard from Carlos Dunlap, who said with, with us on Danny and Gallant uh, a week or so ago that it was a mistake what Russ said. I imagine some players also feel that, but if he doesn't acknowledge it and that's just hanging over the air, it is an awkward situation to go into, especially if this season runs into some hard times. Oh, getting the music a little out of there, sorry. 
Get hyped. <laughs> uh, former Seahawk Marcus Trufant uh, on the Upon Further Review podcast got into um, current Seahawks wide receiver DK Metcalf and gave his thoughts. Well, DK Metcalf, and people are already talking about it, about the Megatron comparison. And I've played against Calvin Johnson and playing against him, a guy that is big but moves like a little guy is a very tough guy to defend. So I would give him Calvin Johnson. He, he's getting closer to getting close to Randy Moss. I think the guy is going to be one of the greats. I think he's going to go down on one of the greats to ever play. He, he definitely has that mentality that he, he wants to um, embarrass people and he wants to show people that he is the guy. So the dude can play, man, and it'd be a nightmare to cover. I can already see it. The wanting to embarrass people thing is a rare trait to have, and it's a reason that I will not put a ceiling on DK Metcalf, even though he's got hands that need some work, and perhaps in that game against the Rams, his composure could have been a little bit better. Sideline blowups happen all the time. I know that that, conver- that conversation generally lends itself to it. Why do we look at Odell Beckham Jr. kicking around a kicking net differently than Tom Brady yelling at somebody. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we make just too much of it. It's just angry people on the sideline in a very testosterone-driven business. But as far as just his overall skill set and that desire that he has to be the best, this guy, you can't put a ceiling on him. And I do think that there is a chance of us talking about him as one of those once-in-a-generation wide receivers, one of the best of the next 10 years, if not him as an all-time wide receiver. That is What's Trending, again, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. This hour of the Paul Gallant Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. My question for you this morning. You can answer 710-710. You can also answer 206-421-3776 if you want to call in the old-fashioned way. Where are you on the Mariner's sunshine scale? What's been sunniest for you? And what's been perhaps cloudiest for you as well? That was terrible. All right, guys, it's time for you to be heard. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. 710, 710. I am a 7 on the Sunshine Scale, writes the 253. The team's around 500 is what he is, I guess, looking for the rest of the season. Player development, those are the big priorities. Yeah, that's that should be the expectation for the end of the season. And it's great that they're getting off to this start. But we have seen this team get off to good starts before. Right, it was just two years ago, what, 13-2 and two that they opened up the year before everything kind of the wheels fell off? I mean, I don't know that that's going to happen with this team, especially seeing as you're going to have a shot in the arm at some point this year when Jared Kelnick joins the team, Logan Gilbert joins the team. That's just going to give the young guys, I think, a lot of enthusiasm because they're going to start to see – some of the light at the end of the tunnel as far as what this organization theoretically can be one day. Actually, before you got back, Scott Service Scott Service was um, asked by reporters to compare those two teams, and he said night and day, not even close. That's great to hear, because, Maura. And he pointed to that start being so offensive and home run oriented and how good defense they're playing now. That's the weird part about all of this is that the starting pitching, until the last week, suspect outside of Yusei Kikuchi, the bullpen's been great, which was a disaster last year. And, you know, to make that kind of comparison, defensively they've been competent. Last year they were very competent defensively too. It was, I, I, I think, a surprise. 
Danny's made the comparison to alligator blood. If you watch the movie Rounders, John Malkovich's Ruski character, who is exceptionally good at poker, describes that of Matt Damon at the end of the movie. He's so good. He's got ice water in his veins. Alligator blood. The team last year, like a competent newbie poker player. And that, all right, they're not great. They're probably going to make mistakes at the end, like that bullpen of theirs. But they're going to hang around. And now I think they're starting to figure out how to close things out. And it's huge to have a guy like Kendall Graveman in the bullpen pitching the way that he is. Friend of the show, Kendall Graveman. I wonder, though, how they keep this up with just the way that they've been hitting. Because that is the anomaly here. They're doing it despite not hitting. I suppose it stands to reason that they will hit better. Kyle Lewis being back is huge. But at the same time, where are you really expecting improvement from the remainder of the year? Kyle Seeger is in his inconsistent spot as he typically is. We'll have one game where he's awesome and a couple of games where it's not. I I, I do think that eventually we will see a more consistent Seeger this year, but... That's where you're at with him. Mitch Hanniger's been great. I imagine that will cool off. Ty France has been great. I imagine that will cool off. I'm looking at names, and I guess I'm expecting more cool off than I'm expecting improvement from some of the guys that are currently out there. Taylor Trammell is the one guy I do think will get better as far as power goes the rest of the year. And power is really what's going to, I think, create runs for this team. This is not in a hit team that hits for average. But Evan White's the one I'm looking at, and, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous. 206-421-3776. Let's go out to the phones. Robert's in Kirkland on the Paul Galancho, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, Washington, nay the world. Robert, what's going on, buddy? Hey, um, Paul, thanks for taking my call and this opportunity to finally get to say, get something off my chest. Um, I've been a fan of the Mariners for, since 1978. Whoa. I have no faith in this team, sir. I, um, 44 years as an organization, four playoff appearances. That's a joke. That's a pathetic joke. What's it going to take for them to change Rutgers that? University. Excuse me. Let me finish. I went to school in Rutgers. I grew up here in Seattle, and I kept quiet that I was a Seattle Mariners fan because all my classmates were Yankees or the Mets or, you know, just teams that consistently win. When they found out that I was a Mariners fan, they laughed. They laughed at me. They were like, dude, your organization's a joke. And if you think it's going to improve because we got – this kid, Kyle Lewis, who's only played half a season. I want to see consistency. I want to see where we win, just, you know, where we're in the, the I don't know, you know, just close to being in the playoffs. Not like, oh, we lost by, you know, we're out. You know, just too many damn excuses. And part of your station sometimes, I think, makes too many excuses for this team. And I'd like to see – you guys really thrash on these guys when they play horrible. That's my beef about the Mariners. I it understand. Do, do you feel that there's anything that they can do to make you less impatient in the meantime? And by the way, I think your impatience is warranted. I think it is warranted for everybody. He's gone. He's gone? Okay. Excuse me. Let me finish. Okay. Very upset. Very frustrated. I don't understand how you can be upset right now, but I do understand when you – say that you have been a fan since 1976, I believe he said, Robert did? 78, I think. 78, okay. That's a long, that's a long, long time. I get it. It's different for me because, I mean, I've only been here a year and a half and everything I've seen is trending in the right direction. But, I mean, Kyle Lewis was the American League Rookie of the Year. 
you're just going to say that half a season of that, that's, that's not enough for you? That, to me, I look at that and I, and I wonder. The prospects, they're going to have to deliver. And honestly, with the way that Jared Kelnick has been hyped, yeah, he's going to have a lot of pressure on his shoulders. I do think he can handle it. Julio Rodriguez, I feel the same exact way about. I think those two guys are larger than life. The excuses that we're making, what excuses have been made for the Mariners that maybe you're tired of hearing? 710-710 to text them in. Plus, the Graz is going to join me for one of his two weekly visits next. And if you've got a question for the Graz, who is, I imagine, full tilt on the Dare to Dream Express, 710-710 is how you do it. This is the Paul Galan Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Nay the world. Don't go anywhere. It's 1030, and that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going to fail. With Paul Gallant. The gang is back together. Brought to you by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. It is the one and only great and powerful Graz. Graz, what's up, buddy? Welcome back. Hope you had a good time. I had a great time. I didn't get tanned, though. I think people are disappointed in me for not getting tanned. I would tell them that I just don't have the necessary melanin to make that happen, but I do have tan lines, amazingly, from, I think, egg white to paste white in, their, in certain parts of my body. So if you're out there too much, you just go, you just go code red? Uh, no, I'm just great at, actually, I'm great at applying suntan lotion. I do not get burnt often, even though I look very much like a ghost, which uh, is very cool on my part, <laughs> that I'm somehow able to make that happen. Uh, especially because I wasn't wearing, you know, I mean, I was wearing clothes, but I wasn't really wearing many clothes over the course of it. It's warm in Puerto Rico this time of year. Anyway, no one wants to hear about this and be talking about my bod. Grod, the Dare to Dream Express left the station while I was gone, and hopefully I do not, you know, derail it by returning. But a series win against the Astros, a series win against the Dodgers. What, What was your biggest takeaway over what we've seen over the last week? I wish you'd seen the Dodger games. Those were just uh, those are the kind of games. If they have a, a season where they they, they kind of um, exceed expectations and and stay in the race, but I think people can look back and say, you know what? It really when they played those two games against the Dodgers, you really kind of saw what they could do, and and that's because even though they were against the back four and five uh, starters in the Dodgers rotation, who are fantastic, by the way. I mean, they played them man up. Uh, it was 4-4 four, four in run total, a one-run game in the, in the first game. The, their bullpen pitched four, four two-thirds scoreless. As they held on to a one-run lead. It had a playoff atmosphere to it. You had a one nothing loss in, in, in the second game where Marco Gonzalez pitched into the eighth and was terrific. You had two unbelievable defensive plays made by Dylan Moore and great defense throughout. So... They really, really played a good series against the Dodgers, even though it was just a split, and uh, and they took care of Houston. So if, in fact, they have that kind of season that people are going to get excited about, that this, those two games are what they'll look back to. Now, we'll see what happens when they play the Red Sox. You know, the Red Sox, like them, are in first place, but unlike them, are, are hitting the ball all over the lot and and have been just incredible offensively. And, and this, this is a really good test here because then there's four uh, down in Houston, and then they wrap up the month with the Angels. But... It, w- it really felt good, that, that, that Dodgers series. I can't tell you, Paul, how much it did uh, just to see them toe-to-toe with what was clearly the, longest, you know, the, the, the best team in baseball. The power numbers have to be better for them to keep this stretch up. And you mentioned Boston, right? Boston 
they're hitting the crap out of the ball. I think J.D. Martinez has six home runs. Rafael Devers has a bunch. Sander Bogarts has a couple as well. And that's a really good lineup that they have top to bottom. And even without Mookie Betts, I mean, that's still a pretty good team. I was listening to you yesterday with Bob, and, and there was a conversation had about Evan White. I'm curious about players who can improve on this team as far as their power numbers because I really like what I'm seeing from Taylor Trammell. Evan White is making me nervous, and I would say it's specifically his inability to make contact with the ball even if he's swinging at the right pitches. Well, Taylor Trammell's got the same issue with strikeouts too, uh, although – it's a little, it's a little more pronounced with Evan. What, what's he hitting about one eighty? And and um, you know he's just playing such good defenses. They they're not really thinking about moving him. But he he doesn't look. There are guys. It's 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 nebulous. There are guys who look like major league hitters up there, and there are guys who look like they're trying to become major league hitters. And that's kind of what he looks like at, at this point. I mean, he, he he seems to get himself in bad spots in the count and things like that. He is a that doesn't swing at the right pitches all the time, and, and, and sometimes swinging from the heels is, is not benefiting him. Now, he doesn't have to hit a whole lot to be valuable and, and to play a lot, but it would be nice if he was hitting a little bit better. I mean, this Mariner team hit a bunch of home runs during this, this stretch, which, which has really helped them, but you know, you, you're carrying a bunch of guys hitting less than 200, and, yeah. and eventually the odds will catch up with you in baseball. Yes, they will. But as far as where you're at right now on the sunshine scale, this is the question of the day that I have for the listeners, yeah. 7, 10, 7, 10. Where are you at 1 through 10? One texter says 8 out of 10. Mitch, hand to God, Hanniger is the comeback player of the year. Kalu is back. Let's go. 7.5. I'm feeling good about the season, but cautiously optimistic. And then we have a texter like our last caller, Robert, who was very upset. <laughs> uh, let me finish. This Mariners are the hot girl that breaks your heart every year. Right around springtime, she comes around right. and starts looking good. We all get our hopes up, but before summer is over, she lets us down, man. This sounds very personal. We take fall and winter to recover. Then, just as birds chirp and the sun sets later, she looks good all over again. Seriously, I feel like you have some issues, sir, where you're expecting someone that just doesn't like you to, to like you. But anywho, where are you at right now, 1 through 10 with this team? Well, right now, I mean, talking today, I'm at 8. Um, you know, talk to me in a week, and, and we'll see what, what, where we're at. Um, you know, this is like the, the advice that psychiatrists give you, to, to live, live for the moment. Don't don't live with what could happen or, or what might happen in the future, but what is happening right now. And if you do that, you know, the Mariners will give you a reason to enjoy baseball. I mean, certainly, if you want to say, I told you so, you'll probably have the chance to do so. They probably won't win the division this year. They probably won't have a terrific team this year. But right now, they're fun to watch. Right now, it's a, it's a good show. And, and you talked about Kyle Lewis coming back. I mean, that's potentially huge. I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but you know, it's his first really full season since you know two years ago. He he came back in September and and just you know opened everyone's eyes with, the, with five or six home runs. And then last year was Rookie of the Year, and now you've got him for a full year. Uh, you've got a couple of guys hitting good around him. I mean, he used to be hitting right behind Mitch Haniger, uh, who is just having more than a comeback year. He has just gone right back to his all star his all star play of a couple of years back. So, I mean, that, that should really help the offense, uh, Lewis coming back. And, you know, we'll see what other things can happen. I mean, you know, the, maybe, the, maybe the bullpen is having a magical year. They happen. They happen out of the blue, and, and, and they've been absolutely unhittable at this point. But, um, you know, just enjoy it as it's happening right now as opposed to anticipating the inevitable, because if you're a Mariner fan for more than 10 years, you know it's inevitable, slump when the summer comes around. That's the best approach to take. Embrace the positivity right now. Coming back from vacation, I think I'm a little more willing to do it than I probably would be, perhaps. 
in a couple of weeks, a couple of months. One texter asked Graz, is there some shortcut that the Mariners should be taking to get better as a team? I mean, I feel like the process, the progress that they have made over the last year and a half should mean that they are on the right track. And I heard you guys yesterday talking about, okay, well, as the season progresses, do you actually decide to make a move? And I've been reading this book about mm-hmm. the Mariners back in 1995. It's Art Teal's Out of Left Field. It's a great book. It's a really good yeah. book. I, I finished it on my plane ride back. And there's a, there's a conversation that Pinella had with um, Howard Lincoln. And it was basically because of some comments made in the press, it was implied that Pinella felt like the team wasn't doing enough. And Lincoln made some interesting comments about, like, hey, we're going to continue to do what we do now. At a certain point, you do have to change that. And, and I do wonder where that timeline would be for the team. I, I, I imagine it's not this year, though. I think that you've got you've to be willing to react to this year. Uh, meaning, if you find yourself in the middle of July, two games out of a playoff spot, but but not two games out of a playoff spot playing you know five games under 500 where you're just not a good club but you're 10 games over 500 or 12 games over 500 you're a game or two out of a, out of a playoff spot i think you've got to change your plans at that point and say look we have an the opportunity is now we weren't expecting it to be now but it is now so you know that that's what i would hope to see you know and again i think you got to fulfill the two things you've got to be a good team and you got to be close in the race because if you're close in the race in a bad team, you know the odds are you, you're just you're going to be a bad team the rest of the year. The other teams are going to get hot and you're going to get dusted. So I think this is one of those years where you stick with your plan, your process, and then if you if you lift up your head in July, the middle of July, and find you're in the race, you, then you take advantage of it. Then you start start thinking about moves you can make. And and with this team, it, it's looking more and more like those moves would be made for offense. Is there a specific position? Okay, so you're looking at offense. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I, there's another bat for this year that I feel like would be missing. But I, I almost would be hesitant to even deal anything this year just because of the fact that I, I'm realistic about this year. I mean, I expect them to be contenders in that they're never going to roll over in a game. But I don't expect them to, at the end of the year, be very close. And, and I don't think you can trick yourself into thinking that you are maybe closer than you are this year. Maybe next year, yeah, but this year, I, I, I don't think so. I let the record dictate. You know, that, that's what I say. Let the record dictate. If, if, you're, if you're 10 games over 500 on the 10th of, or the 15th of July, you should be looking to add to, to what you've got if you're, if you're in the race. And, and if you're not in the race, you shouldn't be. You should stick with your, stick with your program. But, but, you know, it's, the Mariners know better than anyone else. Mm. It's tough to make the playoffs. And if you've got an opportunity, it is unwise, in my opinion, to let it slip by. So, they, you know, no overreacting, no doing anything right now. But if you're sticking with the process and it's working and the team is still playing uh, elite baseball come July, don't be afraid to pull the trigger and, and advance it. And we did a little, uh, I know we run out of time here, did a little thing yesterday where they kind of do a, 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 you know, lay out a dream scenario and I said the dream scenario is the Mariners are in the race in July and they make a deal and bring back Nelson Cruz um, from the Twins to DH, who was wow! I can't begin to tell you how popular he was here, and, and that you know, and do a move like that if you're going to dare to dream, dare to dream big. Did you see him yesterday? He hit two home runs and he yeah. was taking his sweet time going around the bases. 
And Oakland A's fans were getting mad, and I just cackled because I think the A's are the worst. I mean, he's hitting, he's hitting 350. He's hitting oh. 350 with power, and, and he's just he hadn't slowed down a bit since he left here. Yeah, I, I miss him. I miss especially seeing him basically walk at a glacial pace around the bases. I want to do that sometime, but I don't have the ability to hit the ball, let alone a home run. The great and powerful Graz brought to you every single Tuesday, Thursday by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Graz, it's great to catch up. Let's talk to you again next week. Sounds great. Thanks, Paul. The one and only Graz, everybody, right here on Danny and Gallant. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle and Washington. Nay, the world, 710-710 is how you text in. You can tweet in as well, at Gallant says. So the question of the day, where are you at on the Mariners' sunshine scale? But there's something Graz just said there that I'm curious about, too. Where should we set as the realistic? Just this is what we're looking for this year with the team because, you know, there's – <laughs> it's an uphill battle as far as actual World Series contention, let alone wild card contention. So what's the what's the bare minimum you need out of this team this year? The most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, Washington. The world continues after this. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. We had a caller earlier. He's not happy with the Seattle Mariners, even though they're doing pretty well. I mean, second most wins in the American League. Not too shabby. Second place in the AL West, half game back of the Oakland A's, taking on the Boston Red Sox this weekend in a four-game series at Fenway Park. The coverage starts for that game later on this afternoon, 3 o'clock, on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're home for the Mariners. And by the way, you know you can listen to 710 ESPN Seattle on your smart speaker. You should do that. Alexa! You should yell at Alexa. I love yelling at Alexa. Perhaps that makes me a bad, demeaning human being, but eh, eh, it's fun to me. I don't know why. I like yelling at robots before they eventually, you know, replace us, take us all out. No big deal. Anywho, that caller, Robert in Kirkland, he had a lot of complaints, and here he is a little bit earlier on the Paul Gallant show. Well, to change Rutgers that. University. Yeah, Excuse me. Let me finish. <laughs> I went to school in Rutgers. I grew up here in Seattle, and I kept quiet that I was a Seattle Mariners fan because all my classmates were Yankees or the Mets or, you know, just teams that consistently win. When they found out that I was a Mariners fan, they laughed. Okay, so a traumatic experience for Robert and Kirkland. And by the way, a lot of texters were angry at Robert. I understand that. I will allow all takes on this show. This is why we are the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. If Robert's feeling that way, that's fine. And look. As the texter points out, I don't know if he was alive in 1978. Anyone quoting what happened to him about being a fan in college is probably 10 years out of school max. Another texter I'm impatient with fans that say they've been fans since the 70s who have the attention span of a fruit fly. Whoa, some attacks back. The steps that they have taken, I think, over the last couple of years to rebuild the farm system have been impressive. But... Steps in the farm system, it's impressive only on a piece of paper. It's not necessarily impressive anywhere other than something like Baseball Prospectus or Baseball America or something along those lines. So I I, I get the impatient fans, and I'm not going to tell you not to be. This is a nice start. I imagine it won't lead to much just because they're going to have some issues when it comes to power hitting. But I don't want to, you know, rain on the sunshine parade, and if they are able to take three or four this weekend or split the series with Boston, I mean, they're going to be in really good shape. 
for the next month. And if you have a couple of good months, you string them together. Even if you go through some down times, that's good enough. I mean, just think about 1995. Where was that team going into August? And what did they do in August? And, and then in September? It was amazing. That out of left field book is fantastic, by the way. And I, I, I just finished it on the book. And a couple of texters are texting in about Howard Lincoln, who my impression of him was, and I, I take notes when I read sports history books. I put little notepads in there, especially if I want to come back to them. I left a lot of notes, uh, little uh, post-it notes over passages around Howard Lincoln, who just sounded like the worst. I mean, he sent a memo to Lou Pinella because he thought Lou Pinella was passive-aggressively calling him out about the lack of upgrading of the roster. I mean, that's kind of weird, especially considering Howard Lincoln supposedly a direct person. Text in, Howard Lincoln was a first-rate the worst, but he didn't say that. He was so concerned with money over fans, he screwed the team out of some great opportunities. Another texter, Howard Lincoln and Mathers, what's been wrong with this organization? Ran into the ground. Well, Mathers gone. Lincoln's gone. I know it's hard sometimes to separate the past from the present, but I, I do feel like you should, and I think this 11-7 and 7 starts really promising, especially with what they have done, and hopefully they will be able to keep it up this afternoon. A lot of thanks to go around for today's edition of the Paul Gallant Show, which you can, of course, listen to on the 710 app or on your smart speaker. Robert in Kirkland, we appreciate your phone call. I know some texters are going to get mad about that. Whatever. We appreciate you texters, you tweeters as well. The Graz and, of course, the one and only Maura Dooley, who is the only reason that this thing happens every single day. I am merely Paul Gallant. So long. Farewell. Have a wonderful Thursday. Jake and Stacy are next.